0: Welcome! Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Some of you may not know that today is our first in-person gathering in the building where Eaglemont Church gathers uh, at uh, the corner of 50th Avenue and 62nd Street in Beaumont. If you're interested in connecting in person next Sunday, go to eaglemont.church. Please read the frequently asked questions there. That'll give you an idea of uh, what things will look like. And also, we need you to reserve a seat or your seats. Um, so, so, as to help us in maintaining the, uh, the numbers uh, to allow for social distancing, we really appreciate that. You know, this season is a, certainly a season of time when there's all kinds of opinions on uh, the various elements of, of relaunching as, as a church, in terms of meeting together, that is. Um, and uh, church family, I, I would ask you to pray. and and do your part to contribute to unity at this time and honor one another. Um, You can go to the YouTube channel, Eagle Mount Christian Church YouTube channel, from um, a week ago yesterday and watch uh, a video message I shared called Opinions. Uh, It's a very important message. If you haven't watched that, I ask you to do that uh, on the whole uh, topic of unity and um, honoring one another in this time of, of so many opinions. Uh, so thanks for, uh, for watching that video and for praying together with me for unity within the body of Christ in these days. Our current message series is Psalms for Summer. And some of you already know the encouragement, the strength, the comfort that can come and has come to your heart and mind as you read the Psalms in various seasons of life. And others of you may be just about to explore some of that as you track with us in this series through the summer. And that's that's awesome. That's very exciting. And two weeks ago, we looked at the very powerful and hope-giving uh, message from Psalm 51 about God's forgiveness that is freely available to everyone who asks. And if you missed that message, you can go back and listen to it at Eaglemont Christian Church YouTube channel. I encourage you to do that. Today's message is from Psalm 139. If you have a Bible, grab it and go there uh, with me. Uh, and the title of the message today is simply, Valuable. If you don't have a Bible, let us know. And we would be happy to get you one, excited to get you one. So follow as I read some of the selected verses from this psalm. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And then verse 13, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. And then the last two verses of that chapter search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Great words. And we're going to walk through uh, these verses uh, from this great psalm of David. David, uh, verse 1 of that psalm, reminds us that God knows everything about us. I mean, think about that. Let's just stop right there and, and think about that for a moment. Every thought we've ever had, every good and positive thought. Yes, and every mean, jealous, uh, vengeful, bad thought we've ever had. And yet, even though God knows all that, He still loves us and places value on our lives. That's pretty cool. And I want, some of you need to hear that, especially today. And then in verse 2, David says, You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. It's kind of funny phraseology, really, because, and I'm sure David knew this, but no one is ever far away from God because he is everywhere all the time. It's what theologians call he is. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. Just a phrase that David used, though. And then in verse 3 and 4, he says to God, You know everything I do, and you know what I am going to say even before I say it. When a new person comes and is hired and comes into our work environment and they bring a skill set, maybe some of you have wrestled with this, they bring a skill set that's unique and will contribute significantly to the company. But that could be a threat to, um, to your advancement in the company or to to how your contribution is viewed or, or, or how it's valued. So what thoughts surface in your mind? God knows those thoughts. What do you say to other longtime co-workers about that new person as they're settling into their new role? God knows those thoughts. He hears our words. He sees our actions. And yet he still loves us. In verse 5, David says to God, you place your hand of blessing on my head. It's just a great image of a loving father with his child. And and once again, David wants us to be well aware that even when God knows all, and he does, even though God knows all our sinful thoughts and actions, he still still cares deeply about us and and wants to protect us and lead us uh, and, and bless our life. It's amazing. Of course, he wants to help us grow through some of those uh, shortcomings, and he wants to see our lives change to become more like him in our our loving uh, or like his loving character. But but we still matter so much to him. We're valuable to him is the message that I want you to hear from this psalm today. And then in verse 6, David says, all this is just too great for me to understand. Really, it is beyond our comprehension. But then again, we're not God, and so that's okay. That, that that the God of the universe, this is the idea, that the God of the universe, who is so big, cares so deeply about every aspect of our very little lives. And and he cared about us, this psalm reminds us, right from when we were being formed, before we were born, and and, and being formed in in the womb of our mom. Some of you may, really, uh, you may especially need to hear this truth today, that God values you. You're valuable to God. And that doesn't mean you're perfect, none of us are, but you're valuable to God. Please hear that. It's even more astounding, this truth, when we understand how big uh, the universe is, that this that this same God created and and keeps in motion. We can't truly get our head around how big the universe is, actually. Uh, Dr. Peter Edwards says that uh, our human brains just start, he puts it this way, start to run out of gas when we try to comprehend the immensity of the universe. He says we pointed the Hubble uh, telescope to uh, what appeared to be a, a very ordinary patch of night sky, and what it revealed was incredible hundred or sorry, 10,000 galaxies in the, a small patch of sky. the visible universe contains around a hundred billion galaxies, and that number will likely increase as telescope technology improves. E- each, each one of those galaxies contains about a hundred billion stars each. And God made all of it. And yet He cares about your life and about my life and is watching and wanting to us to, to, to trust in him and he's watching over you with, with great interest and love. Again, as you were being formed and growing in your mother's womb, please, please grasp, try to grasp as best you can, as best I can, uh, the, the incredible, we need to grasp it, the incredible uh, significance of that truth. It's really uh, profound and, and life-shaping actually. God created all those stars and galaxies. Uh, David knew that, and yet he writes, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Your workmanship is marvelous, he says. You watched over me as I was woven together in the womb. And we've said that a couple times already. But let's pause on this phrase, your workmanship is marvelous. Remember, David is writing about God's workmanship of creating him. And David, as a shepherd boy, would would know very well the the uh, the, uh, the immense beauty and majesty of the night sky, knowing that the same God created all that. And yet here he's focusing on uh, the workmanship of God in creating him. And we can put these words together with the words of Jesus in Matthew 10:30, where he said, "God cares about us so much. Uh, God values us so much." And Jesus said. Jesus displayed that this way, or used this as an example, where he said, the very hairs on your head are numbered. In other words, God knows and cares about every detail of our lives. When I was born, it was not difficult for uh, for God to count the hairs on my head, but my hair grew long and full. The grad picture, lousy quality, but like crazy. I had hair. There was a day when I had hair. And then as you can see, I'm returning to where I started in life in the hair department. Uh, the point here is that God cares that much to, to know the number of strands of hair on our head. That, that's crazy, um, but, pr- but pretty cool. So we can say with David in verse 14, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. We, we really can, every one of us. I mean, think about fingerprints as an example. No two people have been found to have the same fingerprints. That's God's amazing workmanship in creation of each one of us uh, being unique. Paul reminds us of God's workmanship as well. He uses the word in uh, God's workmanship in our lives uh, when he writes uh, one of his New Testament letters to the body of Christ in the city of Ephesus. uh, The letter in the New Testament, a small letter called Ephesians in chapter 2, verse 10 of that uh, letter, he says, for we are God's workmanship. The New Living Translation uses the word masterpiece. That's kind of cool. Created in Christ Jesus for good works Paul reminds us this isn't about boosting our ego becoming prideful no it's god god made us for a purpose and paul lays it out there good works i mean we're 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 a masterpiece created by god for the great purpose of making a difference in the lives of other people through the good things we can do and show god's love as we as we do those things you see a masterpiece is something incredible that some that someone creates and yet sometimes we don't appreciate it like when Miriam and I were much younger 23 years old to be exact we had just married and Miriam worked for the airline at the time and we were able to travel for next to nothing so we found ourselves for a couple of days anyway in Paris as part of our honeymoon and we visited the famous museum the Louvre Museum very briefly. I think it was about a 40-minute run-through. It's crazy. We, we, we weren't very, we weren't very cultured, uh, cultured back then. I don't know if I put myself in that category now either, but anyway, uh, whatever culture means. Uh, but one thing we knew about that museum was that there was this, uh, this picture of a lady uh, by Leonardo da Vinci, the Mona Lisa, uh, a, a masterpiece is what it's called a masterpiece of the italian renaissance we found the portrait took a quick no flash allowed picture and away we went and i think about that now and and it's like to this day i wonder why i just didn't pause for time to breathe and and look and for six sixty 60 seconds you know just to take in a little bit of, of what we were actually seeing and and the point is sometimes we don't appreciate a masterpiece. You are God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece created for good works. Sometimes it is that way in our own lives when, when God views us as his masterpiece. And again, that's not to say we're, we're perfect. Of course not. The Bible says it very clearly that we are, we are sinful. And we, we know that because of the way we are. We don't have to be convinced, probably, um and yet we're still valuable to God you see we're we're God's workmanship because because we've been made in his image like him we have the ability for relationship we have an intellectual ability uh, 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 we have volition he's put in us as, as part of being created in his image uh the ability to to make choices uh, all of that but this idea of being made in his image um is so vital, it's so important as we talk about this whole um, workmanship or masterpiece uh, topic. Um, We've been made in his image. So, So his heart breaks when he sees his human creation abusing and hating one another, killing one another, treating one another unjustly, and all throughout human history since sin entered the world. It brought all of that mess and it breaks God's heart from torture and persecution because someone believes differently or euthanasia, the tragedy of that, 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 that makes the declaration that at a certain point, the value of human life is supposedly diminished. And we can take the place of God and decide when that is, when that physical life will end. We're made in God's image. God's heart breaks over these things. Or or the killing of unborn babies by abortion, a travesty. But let me say this. To those of you who in your past may have had an abortion, there is complete and full forgiveness. You don't have to carry the shame like maybe some of you have for many, many years. You don't. I encourage you to go back and listen uh, to the message two weeks ago or, or open your Bible and read Psalm 51. Read it till you believe it to your core and you know that you're forgiven when you've asked God to forgive you for that choice. And he will. And you can walk in freedom in the days ahead. And then being made in the image of God, certainly, certainly means that no one, that no one should ever be the object of racism or discrimination. No one should ever be the target of uh, thoughts or actions that display an attitude of superiority, ever. God's heart breaks. He hates that. I said it this way in my YouTube video devotional on this topic back on June 6th. I said the message of Jesus and the way he calls us to live it is built upon God's perspective that every human life is inherently valuable, a value that comes solely from every one of us being created in his image and being absolutely equal in his eyes. Racism, in whatever way it shows itself, is diametrically opposed to who God is, to who He wants us to be, and to His heart of grace and care and love for every human being. So, if you think, if any of us ever think that we're better than someone, because of the, our education, or the color of our skin, or our economic status, or you look down on someone for any reason at all, are bra- I'll say it again, you're breaking God's heart. And you're sinning. You're sinning against a holy and righteous God who created that person that you disparage and loves and values that person that you disparage every bit as much as he loves and cares about you and values you. In our prayer circle in the parking lot uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of Saturday mornings ago, Deb Glassford expressed this statement in prayer, and she said I could share this this morning. She said simply as she prayed about, we were praying about this very issue, and she just prayed, may we be like children and not see color. And in her prayer, she referred to a story that she told me about in more detail uh, later, uh, a story that she had come across some years ago about two boys who were best friends. And the mother of one of the boys said that her son, who was in kindergarten, said that one day he wanted a buzz cut like he uh, like his best friend had. And so he got one. And then he said to his mom, "Ha! Huh, now the teacher won't be able to tell us apart. Well, with a smirk, the mom posted a picture of her son and his best friend with their Buzz cuts, arms around each other's necks, grinning ear to ear. The picture showed that the little boy was white and his best friend was black. As Deb put it, oh that we would have the eyes of children. Jesus made a similar comment, didn't he, in the Gospels about coming to him as children. It's cool. Continuing on, verse 17, David says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? Have you ever said that? I encourage you to read this verse, make it your own. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? Huh. Do you know how many loving and caring thoughts God has about you? How many? How many precious thoughts? Do you think God has about you? Well, David likens it to grains of sand. He said, I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. He doesn't say the grains of sand on, on a particular beach or in a particular pail or a particular sandbox. He just said, I'm assuming all the sand in the world. I mean, take a pail of sand. How, how can you begin to count it? How can you begin to guesstimate how many grains of sand are in that pail? How precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They outnumber the grains of sand. That's an absolutely amazing statement that should should change your view of yourself. Not in a prideful way, again, because we're still sinful and in need of God's forgiveness. But the biblical truth that God has loving, caring, encouraging, hope-giving thoughts about you. That should lift you to a place where you know that your life and your abilities and your personality and everything God has hardwired in you can be used to honor God and inspire others. That's cool. My friend, even in our sinfulness, we're valuable to God. You're the object of his love, of his concern, of his affection. David ends this psalm with a wise request. After all of this reflection, he says, lead me in the way everlasting. He says, check my heart, find those sinful places in my heart, help me work through that and grow through that and seek your forgiveness and receive your forgiveness and then lead me in the way everlasting. What's the way everlasting? It's through knowing Jesus Christ and trusting him as the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life. And that gift of walking with him in a personal relationship with our creator God uh, in a personal and eternal relationship comes, comes to us solely on the basis of what Jesus Christ did in his death and resurrection. I wonder if there's some of you watching that would say, I am i don't understand it all. I don't have all the answers, but I know God loves me. I know he sent his son to die for me, to take upon himself the penalty for sin, which was death. He took it on himself so I could live free and eternal with him. And today I wanna to make that commitment and surrender my life to Jesus Christ, asking him to be the forgiver of my sin and the leader of my life, my, my Lord and my savior. If that's your desire, I invite you to, to pray with me. It's not about these words, God knows your heart, but you're expressing a statement of faith and trust in God and in his word and about how eternal salvation comes to every one of us. If that's your desire, I invite you to say, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you come for coming. God the Son, in human flesh, to live as a human, to understand uh, what it is to live this human life, but without sin, so that you could be the the perfect and holy sacrifice that our sin demanded. Thank you, Jesus, for stepping in. I want to follow you. I want to turn from my sin. I want to turn from my old way of living, and I turn to follow you completely. I make that commitment to you today. Forgive me. Help me to grow in my walk with you. Help me to know and read your word and to connect with your body so that I can continue to grow in this relationship that you've provided through Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you chose to follow Christ today, we would be so excited to hear that and we want to help you. We won't harass you or anything like that, but we we would love the opportunity to put some resources in your hands that would that would help you and, and guide you in uh, reading the New Testament to to start with, to uh, gain a greater understanding of Jesus and his mission. Um, text the word Jesus to the number that you see on the screen, and and we'd love to uh, touch base with you. Thanks everyone for being uh, together in this digital way. Um, pray you experience God's strength and peace in every day uh, this coming week. God bless you.